Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. I've been working on this message for a few weeks. I got one verse. Now, you may think that's cool because normally I have like 10, 15, 20 verses. And, 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 but no, 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 that's bad for you. Because if all I have is one verse, that means there is a lot here in this one verse. And so if you have lunch plans, it's cool, but um, they're no longer. All right, one verse. I'm joking. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says, Desire, excuse me, pursue love. We're going to do these first seven words. Pursue love. And earnestly desire Spiritual gifts. Now, if you have a Bible or a phone, look up this verse real fast. 1 Corinthians 14.1. Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts. In your Bible, that word gifts there is most likely italicized. The reason it's italicized because it's really not in the uh, Greek language. It's put there by context. It's put there because of the rest of 1 Corinthians 14 and, and this whole kind of section of Scripture in Paul's letter to the Corinthians is talking about spiritual gifts. But really what this says is, um, I'm going I'm to read it for you in the Greek, the Greek literal translation. It says, be ye chasing or be ye pursuing, chasing the love. So chase love. What makes charismatic Christianity off kilter is that we chase gifts and pursue love. That makes sense. We chase gifts, pursue, chase love, and desire gifts or desire spiritual, okay? So where we get off kilter is we get our focus and our heart on the wrong thing. People want to prophesy or be used of the spiritual gifts for the sake of being uh, whatever, you know, just because I use a gift, okay? But really, everything we do, when whenever... The reason it's pray for people and give them a hug is because it's love is the focus and the outworking of that love is a spiritual action that has the ability to transform people's lives. That makes sense? So if you're going to chase anything, chase love. You can, uh, Paul says in this same passage of scripture, Paul says you can pray in tongues and you can prophesy and you, you can just ramble on about and you can sound like a clanging symbol. But if you have love, he says your, uh, I think the Greek word is nothing. So if you can do all that, but you don't have love, you're literally, what Paul says, nothing, all right? So the, 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 uh, the pursuit is love, and the desire, the way the scripture has been taught is to desire the gift. I need to change that in our hearts. It's not specific to the gifts. The desire, it says this, be chasing or be pursuing love, and the, the word there for um, the phrase there, desire earnestly, is, is the same word for zealous. It's the same word that they would use to describe something that's boiling, right? So I literally taught the boys how to make hot dogs, okay? This is, this is bad, all right? How to make hot dogs. And they, and they think you make a hot dog by taking a hot dog out of the package and put it in the microwave. That's not the way you make a hot dog. If you don't have a grill handy, there's another option, and it's way better. It's put water in a pot and get it boiling. And they put hot dogs in there and then they plump up and they're real juicy, right? Microwaves is just like you, anyway, that's another story. But my point is, is a water with pot in it 
If it's just sitting there cold and stagnant, like nobody wants that. It makes sense, but a water with pot in it. Let's walk that one back. Welcome to church at the armory. <laughs> okay. A pot with water in it. <clears throat> That's hilarious. I'm going to take a drink of water. Wash that one down. Nobody needs commentary, Daniel. Siri just asked me what did I say. <laughs> All right. All right. A pot with water in it is like just cold water just sitting there on the stove. It's like it's not really doing anything. But but once it begins to boil, it's like it's it's, it's roaring. And they, they the term roaring boil, right? And so y'all just translate what I'm saying. <laughs> boiling, ro- roiling. Holy cow. Okay. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. The word earnestly desire is the word picture of boiling water. It's, 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 it's not just kind of stagnant. It's, it's got a roar and a boil to it. And, um, and then that's what these things cook in. So the idea is you're pursuing love, but the idea is I'm boiling with desire for, and this, let me read it for you, be boiling yet the spirituals. And the word gifts is not there. It does two things to me, and I'm going to talk about it. Be chasing love, be boiling yet the spirituals. What that means is there's a desire, and this is what I want to touch on today. Where, what is the level of your desire to be a spiritual person. Are you boiling? Like, are you a roll, rolling boil of desire to be spiritual? Because this is not specific to gifts. This is earnestly desire spiritual or spiritual things. I'm going to hit on something in a second. There's this idea that you can be spiritual, not want the spiritual things that Paul talks about, and that's a misnomer. Okay, but the truth is, is to be in essence, in, 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 to be spiritual, you have a desire to be spiritual. So I'm going to talk about today is what it means to be a spiritual person. All right, number one, I'm going to teach today. I'm not really preaching hard. I'm just going to kind of teach some things. I got about five or six points here. The opposite of spiritual is what? Carnal. The word carnal is it, uh, when we think of carnal, we think of something that is like really, really bad. That's not necessarily true. You can be very carnal and very moral at the same time. You understand what I'm saying to you? The word carnal literally just means this. It means um, relating to the physical feelings and wants of the body. If you're not spiritual, you're carnal. But you can't be carnal and spiritual. You can't be and claim to be, quote, unquote, a spiritual person, yet led by the fleshly desires and feelings of your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay? And, and, and when we talk about carnality, a lot of times we've been taught to think of carnality as something real, real bad, real, 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 you know, that's super bad sin. I'm here to, to I want to define carnality as literally just the absence of spirituality. 
If you're not spiritual, you're in the flesh. Does that make sense? If you're not thinking, behaving, living the spirit walk, then you're literally walking in the flesh. But you can't say, I'm walking in the flesh, and yet I'm a, but I'm a spiritual person, right? Um, here's a good question. Ray, Ray Comfort used to teach this thing. Uh, let's talk about this. This works both ways. Raise your hand if you're a liar. <laughs> a lot of people are like, I'm me, right? Yeah, that's me right there, okay? Um, um, are you a liar? Okay. I... And then most people would say, no, I'm not a liar. I don't lie. Okay, and then my question is, my follow-up question is, well, how many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? Right? Is it like, well, I tell three and then a little bell goes off and now I'm a liar. Now, Reggie, if you've lied just one time, and let's say in your last year, okay, all right? Okay, good. Right. About anything, about anything, men, my wife said, never mind, no, I'm not even going there, right? Okay, I'm not even going there. But my point is, anything. How many lies do you have to be to tell I'd be a liar. How many lies? Okay, so the point is, is this. To be spiritual, you have to do something spiritual to be spiritual. In the same way, you have to do something to be carnal, to be carnal. And you can't do something carnal and call it spiritual. And you can't be spiritual and, uh, and you, can't be, uh, you can't be carnal and call it spiritual. I think that's what I just said. But my point is this. Is the, the carnality is not the stuff that we do that's carnal. Carnality is the absence of being spiritual. And how much of our life that we're, we're not being immoral, we're not being bad, but we're just not, but, but we're being led by the physical feelings and emotions and flesh of our life. And we have spiritual people who are led by the soulless realm and led by the flesh. And they want to say that they're spiritual, but they're not spiritual. They're actually carnal. It's just, it's just not as bad as somebody else's carnality. Y'all don't shut me down. It's not as bad as somebody else's carnality. But what, but, but what both of those realms have in common is neither one of those is spiritual. And so what we're trying to get to is being a spiritual person. I'm going to repeat this later on, but I'm going to say it right now. You're not a carnal person trying to be spiritual. You're a spiritual person who at times has to deal with its carnality. But see, your baseline for thinking about yourself is that you're carnal needing to be spiritual. We're going to stop that, okay? You're a spiritual person. If you're born again, your flesh wasn't born again. Your soulless realm wasn't born again. Your spirit. Spirit man was resurrected in Christ Jesus, right? Your spirit man was born again, and you are what, what the truest sense of what you are. The thing that existed in eternity before you was born and that will exist in eternity whenever eternity hits us again is the spirit of a man. That makes sense? And so you are a spiritual being who has to, from time to time, deal with this carnality or its flesh. You're not just a carnal being trying to be spiritual sometimes. Does that make sense? All right, so let's talk about these things. Carnality, what is a carnal Christian? A carnal Christian is a a person who claims to be a Christian who doesn't walk or live according to the Spirit. Take the word gifts out of this sentence for a second. Don't even read on to prophecy right now. Being spiritual doesn't mean that you are religious. You can be religious and not spiritual. Somebody say amen. Don't stop pointing at people, right? 
You can be a very religious person. You can believe Jesus Christ came to the earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, was buried in a grave, resurrected three days later, ascended to heaven. You can believe all that stuff and it be a religious belief system. But my question to you is not what you believe. My question is, are you walking in the Spirit? You can believe all that stuff. You can be religious. You can believe all that stuff. But the question is, do you live and operate spiritually? Okay? So, pursue love. Desire earnestly. Be boiling for spiritual things. Okay? All right. Number, so, number one, define what a carnal Christian is. Number two, be. So, how do we not be carnal? The answer isn't just be a better person. The answer isn't just be more moral, right? The answer isn't don't do bad things. To not be a carnal Christian, very simple, be spiritual. Now, don't raise your hand, but in your mind, take a personal inventory right now. How often or what percentage of your life do you think you're a spiritual person? Answer it in your mind right now. I'm spiritual... 50% 50% of the time, 100% of the time, 25% of the time. You understand what I'm saying? Just ask yourself, how often, like how spiritual am I? How often am I a spiritual person? Know the difference between religious activity. You can come to church on Sunday morning and not be spiritual. What makes it spiritual? is that when I was gathered with the saints, I was in the... When Pentecost fell, it wasn't because they gathered. It was because they gathered and they gathered in the Spirit. Like one accord in the Spirit and then the Spirit fell. Does that make sense? So you can gather with people all the time. They do it at the country club. They do it at Razorback games. They do it at, at, at family gatherings. You can gather together. That's not spiritual. The fact that we all came to the same place at the same time doesn't make it spiritual. It can be a religious activity. But what makes us spiritual, and even in our services, our gatherings, is that we get into the spirit while we're gathered. And I felt like we did this morning. Somebody say amen. All right. So the difference between uh, what I'm trying to say is I want you to be a spiritual person. I'm, I'm saying just because you do religious activity doesn't make you spiritual. It, whatever activity it is, if it's doing it in the spirit, it's spiritual. How many of you read your Bible? Uh-oh. <laughs> Come on, raise your hand. How many of you read your Bible? You can read your Bible all day long, cover to cover, chapter, verse, until you got the whole thing memorized and not be spiritual. You can read it from a, a place of the intellect. You can read it from a place of a historical context. You can just read it from a place, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm a Christian. No, no. When you read your Bible, your spirit ought to come alive. Amen. How many of y'all pray? Raise your hand. You can pray all day long and not be spiritual. Uh, matter of fact, I think a lot of what we taught people to do in prayer is just an exercise of kind of just dealing with the soulish realm. In other words, if a place of prayer is a place where you come to exercise your demons before God, only, the place of prayer is the only place you come just to let God know what you need. God's not like a slot machine who's just up there like, okay, I need this and I need this and I need this. All right, what do I get? 
if that's our relationship to God. The place of prayer is where we get into the spirit. And if I'm getting into this place of the spirit while I'm praying, that's, the, that's whenever prayer moves mountains. That's whenever prayer changes your life. Just because you prayed doesn't make it spiritual because you got into the spirit while you was praying makes it spiritual. How many of y'all know the difference? How many of y'all ever go to pray and the first 10 minutes, man, it's just like, I mean, I'm like, oh, man, I'm trying to focus. I'm thinking about what I got to do that day. I'm thinking about what my kids did and how they, they destroyed the house and they need to clean up their room because they're a bunch of slobs. And I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about how my wife said what she said to me right before she left. I'm thinking, why did she mean that when she said one? She shouldn't be saying that kind of thing. And I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm in my, right? And your mind just running and it's running and it's running. And then finally, at some point, you step out of, and you're praying. I mean, you're saying things with your mouth. This is exactly what Jesus said about the Pharisees. They say nice things with their mouth, right? The prayers are pretty, all right? But that doesn't make them spiritual. What makes a prayer spiritual is at some point, I went from praying what my mind was telling me to pray to praying what the Spirit wants me to pray. English tongues, groanings, it don't really matter. But at some point, the Spirit, Spirit took over my prayer meeting. Does that make sense? And you can pray for an hour, be in the flesh for 95 minutes of it, but you get that five minutes in the spirit, and man, it'll and that five minutes of spirit praying will change your day, change your situation. So if you only want to know I'm praying about something, but I'm not seeing anything change, then I need you to say, is my prayer time spiritual or am I just going to God begging? That makes sense? Okay, so know the difference between religious activity and being in the spirit. Again, I say this. You're not a fleshly being trying to be spiritual. You are a spiritual being who must subdue the flesh. That makes sense? So your default position, Christian, is spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. Your default position is spiritual. Your your uh the thing that is rare inside of you or the thing that's not your default position is those moments when you got to deal with the flesh. And we all have them. Somebody say amen. Look at your spouse right now. Okay, look, we all have them, right? We all have those moments we got to deal with the flesh. That makes you uh, human. That makes sense? But what it means to be spiritual, you are spiritual. Stop trying to obtain spirituality. It's your default nature. Because it's quiet in here. Say Amen. It's my default nature. I'm a spiritual being. In other words, I'm saying this. It's not hard to communicate with God. How many of y'all think at time to time it's hard to communicate with God? It's not. It's not hard to communicate with God. God and you communicate via the... God is a spirit, right? And when you are in the spirit, there is no hindrance to communication. If there's hindrance to communication, it's because something is blocking the spirit connection and it's a carnal realm that's got to be removed. And it's usually in my mind. So pursue love yet boil with spiritual desire. All right? So number one, what is, what is a carnal Christian? Number two, the answer to carnal Christianity is being spiritual. Number three, when should you be spiritual? Well, according to my calendar... I'm going to get up at about 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to take a shower. And I'm going to go to church. And church is where we're spiritual. Then the afternoon, I'm going to go to the China buffet. And I'm going to fill my plate up with food. And I'm going to sit down. And before I take one bite, because this is very important, 
before I take one bite, I'm going to pray over my food because that is spiritual. <clears throat> Even though the scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. That's a joke. Anyway, so, um, but my point is, like, we have this religious activity, and we think we compartmentalize times to be spiritual and times to, that you don't really have to be spiritual. Does that make sense? When should you be spiritual? The answer is yes. Let me put it this way. It's not as you will. You are spiritual as the Spirit wills. The gifts are given as the Spirit wills, right? And your operation of the gifts are as the Spirit wills. You may be walking through Walmart trying to buy some expensive eggs. How many of y'all got that? You may be walking through Walmart trying to buy your groceries, and you're not thinking a spiritual thought whatsoever. But if you've gotten to the Spirit that day, and you walk by somebody, and all of a sudden, how many of y'all know that feeling? That feeling whenever, uh, oh, man. I feel like I need to talk to that person. I feel like I need to pray for that person. I feel like I need to say something to that person. How many of y'all know that feeling? If you don't know that feeling, you're the person I'm talking to today. If we have a, if, if we have a, a, a version of Christianity who knows how to believe in Jesus but doesn't know how to discern the Spirit, you're the person I'm talking to today. As you're walking through your day and the spirit jumps on you, you wasn't trying to be spiritual. You were just trying to get groceries. But the spirit willed that you talk to this person and all of a sudden, boom. And then you go and you talk to them. And the next thing you know, you've, you've made, you've uh, demonstrated the kingdom of God to somebody just because you decided to be spiritual. But it wasn't you deciding. It was the spirit willed it and you just submitted to the will of the spirit. Does that make sense? And so when should you be spiritual? Here's another question. If we are spiritual according to the will of the Spirit, when is the Spirit spiritual? Thank you. When does the Spirit want to be spiritual? Are you telling me I have to be spiritual all the time? I don't know, man. The Scripture says some weird things. Paul said, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean really pray all the time. Then what's that mean? That means your spirit's praying. Okay, then the spirit wants to be spiritual all the time. Are you telling me I have to be spiritual all the time? I'm telling you if our default nature is spiritual, most of us are probably not as spiritual as our default nature wants to be. I ain't talking about you getting mad and cussing the cat. I'm not talking about none of that. I'm just talking about your general disposition. Is it to be and think spiritual thoughts, or is it just I'm, I'm pretty much just carnal, and every once in a while I have these interruptions of spiritual activity? You understand what I'm saying? Your default is spirit. You should have interruptions of the flesh. Doesn't mean, look at here, what is spiritual? I didn't even think I put this in the notes. What is spiritual? Everything done in the spirit is spiritual. You work as unto the Lord. Uh, we need to preach that sermon in 2023. Your work is an action as unto the Lord. In other words, what that says, what that means is as I'm working, it's a spiritual activity as an act of worship unto the Lord. So we have defined certain activities as spiritual and certain activities as not spiritual. And I'm here to tell you a lot of these activities that you think are not spiritual can be spiritual if you'll just engage your spirit while you're doing them. There you go. Say that one. Your work... Uh, anybody ever read the book um, 
the pursuit now, what is it? Oh, my goodness. The practice of the presence of, of God, I think. Something like that. And it, uh, huh? Yeah. And he talked about washing his dishes. Is that right? Is that the same book? Yeah. And he would, he would talk about washing his dishes. Now, is washing dishes spiritual? I don't know. I don't do it. But the point is, um, <laughs> but I would say to my children, you can wash those dishes in the spirit. Okay, I, but you, I mean, the, the point is, is you wash your dishes and you think that's not a spiritual activity. But if you're doing it in the spirit, anything, like literally anything you can do in the spirit. I can, I can have relationship with my family, with my friends in the spirit. Some of y'all got some relationship with friends that's only in the flesh and it's not doing your spirit man any good. I've had, I've had, and I'm, and I'm not trying to just, I've had real encounters with the Holy Ghost on this, hanging on the side of a tree. Walking through the woods. I've had real encounters with the Holy Ghost driving down the highway. Like, had to pull over a couple of times because it was getting dangerous. The difference isn't that there isn't a list of spiritual activities and not spiritual activities. It's the idea that you're just being spiritual because that's what your default nature and, let me, and when you're spiritual as a person, then the spirit wants to use you to demonstrate the kingdom of spirit to the world. Does that make sense? So here's what we're going to do. The next point is this. As the spirit wills, not your flesh wills. Too many of us are deciding when to be spirit because we're deciding, well, it's time to go be spiritual. In other words, this is what you think. I haven't prayed in a while I need to go pray. I haven't read my Bible. I just go, who's read their Bible? And some of you are like, I haven't read my Bible. I need to read my Bible. That may be true, but the point is, is you're, you're kind of, the, it's the flesh determining when to be. Like every time you have the desire, we have modern technology like this right here. I can look up scripture in a, in a second at any time of the day or night. And so what you need to do is every time you have a desire for the word of God, you need to, to, to get, it, get, get the word. Every time you have a desire to pray earnestly or pursue love, yet desire earnestly. Be boiling with spiritual things. And so my point is, is we've made these things a discipline, and on some level they are, but what Paul said, they're more than a discipline, they're a desire. Well, I'm preaching very good right now. I'm not preaching, I'm teaching, but it feels like I'm preaching right now. And my point is, is if, if you're not desiring spiritual things, that's where we've missed it as a church. If our desire is for the things of the flesh, and I don't even mean bad things. I just mean, in essence, things that aren't spiritual. If our desire is for those things all the time, and I have to have moments of interruption of spiritual things, then you can call yourself a spiritual person, but you're probably just a carnal Christian at best or religious at best. Desire, I, and so when I'll go, when I'm in the process of life, I am boiling for spiritual desire. And that thing, that thing, and so when I'm just out about doing my life, prayer is not just this one block of time. I started it, I finished it, check it off the list, I'm done. Prayer is always... I don't know how to tell you how many times I'm my breath. I'm like, Holy Ghost. I don't know how many times I, I, I will sit there and meditate on a scripture 
and just not be doing anything spiritual, but my my mind is going, that scripture says this, and I'm going, all his promises are yes, amen. Right? We need an increase in just being spiritual. Now, I know right now, I, 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 can, I can feel... Uh, I can feel a religious thing saying this. Well, yeah, but you know those people who are super spiritual? You know, I've heard so much garbage that's not in the scripture. The, the phrase super spiritual is not in the scripture. The phrase too spiritual for their own good is not in the scripture. Too heavenly minded to be any earthly good is not a Bible verse, but boy, it makes a preacher sound cool. You know, what, you know what the difference between being spiritual and what we would classify as an abuse or a, uh, an excess of spirituality is not in the amount, but in the sincerity. God doesn't look at the hour period. He looks at the... And so what, what, what there is, is there's a, a, a sincerity to spirituality. And what many of us call an abuse of spirituality is what we're picking up on is not an abundance of it or an amount of it. We're picking up on the insincerity of it. So someone trying to be super spiritual, as we would classify it, what we really don't mean is they're too much spirituality. What we mean is that spirituality seems insincere. So the answer is not an amount. The amount is as the spirit wills. I don't get to determine the amount. The amount is as much as the spirit wants. And I believe it's more than what I want. Okay, but the amount as much as the spirit wants, what the, the what the, the litmus test is sincerity or love. That makes sense? Y'all with me? And so stop saying things like too spiritual. There's no such thing as too spiritual. There, there's too in there's too faking spiritual. And some people do that. People want attention, and so they try, to do, they try to be spiritual for the sake of being spiritual just to kind of get people to think that they are spiritual. That's not spiritual. That's insincere. It's as much flesh as cussing out the dog. Does that make sense? So we, we, uh, what we need is actually one of the spiritual gifts, and I pray out now in the name of Jesus that the church would undercome a greater, dis, a greater ability to discern the spirit. What we need is greater discernment to go, that's real, that's straight from hell, and that's just straight from their flesh. Does that make sense? Discerning of spirits. Jesus rebukes the disciples who want to call down fire from heaven to destroy their enemies. One man in the Old Testament, Elijah, had done that, led by the Spirit. These guys are trying to mimic what Elijah had done, but Jesus rebuked them and said, your father is Satan, you don't know what spirit you're of. So you have to discern the spirits. Sometimes you call something righteous indignation. It's not just righteous indignation. It just makes you mad, but you want to put a spiritual label on it and so and call it spiritual anger. It's because your flesh wants to. But is that what the spirit is doing? To be led by the spirit and not fulfilling the desires of the flesh is what Paul talks about. Well, I'm, I am preaching really good. Okay? All right? And so I'm not preaching. I'm teaching, but it's, it's really good. So... So what we uh, anybody anybody said do not lie in, the, in in the gathering of the saints. Raise your hand if you said the phrase come out of the mouth, that situation that person that whatever is too spiritual 
or super spiritual. You see what I'm saying? We've, we've made that comment. Stop making that comment. The comment is now what, what we believe that spiritual activity is not sincere. So what we're, and here's the thing. A lot of people who have been spiritual, today is going to be a day of repentance for some people. Not repentance meaning I've done something bad, I'm a bad person, I need to be good. Repentance meaning returning to our first love or returning back to being spiritual. And there's people in this room right now, and I'm, I'm, I, the Lord spoke to this early this morning. There's people in this room right now that you have decreased your spiritual, your genuinely spiritual activity because you have discerned false spirit activity and you don't want to be like that. And so your answer was to decrease rather than to discern. And you discern something that in true, it wasn't true, but your, 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 righteous, your righteousness, uh, uh, that, that, that justice thing inside of you that says, I won't participate in what is wrong, has called you to de- decrease your overall general spiritual activity. The point was never for you, that was probably the strategy of the enemy in the first place, was to uh, overexpress something insincerely to try to get you to overthink what's going on, to try to get you to back off. Anytime you back away from being spiritual, anytime you lose ground in being spiritual, you have just forfeited to what the enemy's plan was in the beginning. So the answer to over insincere spirituality is a face of genuine Holy Ghost. The answer to insincerity, the answer to the fake thing, the answer to the counterfeit that hell has to offer is to blow it out of the water with the Holy Ghost. Not to back off so that I don't appear, appear as those persons. Does that make sense? And, I'm, and I really believe that there's a group of people in this room in the sound of my voice. I'm, t- I'm, I'm asking you to repent and return to a greater degree of spirituality. Many of you operated in a greater degree of spirituality in your past, but you backed off because of, of insincere spiritual things. And, you, and you've kind of just, you've kind of come numb or dull spiritually and you weren't wrong in your discernment you was wrong in your reaction so the answer for the church specifically church at the armory is to increase the bible said of jesus as a 12 year old boy that he was increasing in favor and stature spiritual stature as a man of the spirit Jesus came to the earth and demonstrated what it was like for a 100% man to walk every day of his life fulfilling the desires of the spirit and not the flesh not to show us how good Jesus is to show the man how a man could do it too and so our response to over spirituality and Our response to insincere spirituality is not to back off spirituality altogether, but to actually increase genuine spirituality. So this is the fake, let me, this is what you would see, right? Paul walking down the road, a girl led by an evil spirit, falsely prophesying, and Paul's response to the falsely prophesying little girl wasn't to say, okay, everybody stop being spiritual, let's let's just kind of take a break from the ministry right now. It would you turn around and say, what you have is not real. What I have is the Holy Ghost. And boom, it's gone. What you have is gone. And now actually, greater spirituality takes the insincere spiritual person and actually brings them back into sincerity. Yeah. And is that God's goal? We're not just trying to get rid of insincere people. We're trying to bring them back to sincerity in the Holy Ghost. 
to recapture, right? Man. All right. So there's no such thing as too spiritual, but there is such thing as insincere religious activity masquerading as being spiritual. We don't want that, but our response to that is not to back off, not to forfeit ground, but to press into being a more spiritual person. The world has lots of demonstration of the flesh. The world has lots of demonstration of, of, of what I would call insincere spirituality. But I'm saying to you, does the world have a sufficient display of what a truly spiritual man or woman is? Do your children know? Does your family know? The people you work with, do they know? That's what a man of the Spirit looks like. That makes sense? Final thing, uh, final two things. Why be spiritual? This is real easy. Why be spiritual? Number one, it's your true nature. Number two, it demonstrates God to the world. God is not demonstrated by craftiness or cunning speech, right? Good sermon, you demonstrated God. No, no, no. God is demonstrating by the power of the Spirit. Paul's word, not mine. Make sense? So God is demonstrated by the power of the Spirit. It is your job. Say, it's my job. Come on, say, it's my job. It's my duty as a spiritual person to demonstrate the Spirit, to demonstrate the kingdom of God in all aspects of my life. It's what it, what it means to be a spiritual person. One, it's not your true, or it is your true nature to be spiritual. Number two, it demonstrates God to the world. Number three, it builds the church. Let me tell you what the world doesn't want right now, more than ever, in my opinion, in my lifetime, that doesn't want unspiritual, spiritual church. I said that totally bad. The church, what the world doesn't want is just to do church again. More people are quitting church than, than, than coming to church. Why? Because we figured out how to do church without being spiritual. But you know what people do want? I want to go where there's sincere spiritual spiritual activity where my where I don't just walk away going that was cool I loved that that one song was a very cool song let's look it up on on YouTube and, and play it on the radio a lot what you want is to walk away going I don't I, uh, uh, at some point in that gathering of the saints my spirit connected with God's spirit and that's what it was about and when that happens this is strengthened. The world is, is, is able to see the demonstration of the kingdom of God. So, pursue love, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. This is what I want to say to the world that's trying to define. This is not us. So I'm not even preaching to you right now. To the world who tries to define spiritual activity outside of doing spiritual things. Let me, let, me read the, let me read the Greek one more time. The Greek says this. Be ye pursuing, be chasing the love. Be boiling, be ye zealous, yet the spiritual things. And it is mind-boggling to me that he could go on to describe the spiritual things. Prophecy and all the gifts of the Spirit and all that kind of stuff. 
and that we could create a system of religion in this world that we could look at those things and call them not spiritual and yet call ourselves spiritual. Look at those things and call them false. Look at those things and call them fake. Look at those things and call them uh, special appointments for special people at a special time. And stand right here. Here's the thing. So the goal is not to prophesy. The goal is to be spiritual. And I'm telling you right now, every good Baptist who doesn't believe in the spiritual gifts, but one point was praying for somebody and tapped into the spirit realm on accident. Just walked into it like, what, 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 what happened here? At one point, he said, man, I just really feel like I should say something to this person. And honey, that's called prophecy. Well, I, I, no, I don't believe in that. But you believe in being spiritual all of a sudden, and you believe there's something inside of you that needs to come out. See, I think where the charismatics and the Pentecostals have got out of whack is we've tried to get people to do gifts and not be spiritual. Do the gift. Prophesy. Speak in tongues. Uh, 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 you know, gift of this, gift of that. Gift. What's your gift? You have this gift. I have this gift. We're all I'm gifted. You're not gifted. I'm gifted. Oh, gift, 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 right? Okay? And, sorry, I just went off the And we just focus on gifts, and the Scripture doesn't say That word gifts is not in there. In other words, it says, Paul said to these people, love and be spiritual. And if you're loving and being spiritual, prophecy is going to come out of you. An utterance that's too great for human language will come out of you. You will begin to know things that you couldn't know. You can call it superstition. The biblical calls it words of wisdom, words of knowledge. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But the idea is that when you're spiritual, spiritual things start happening. My wife woke up with me. I had a dream last night. This was the dream. Boom, 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 boom. I really, in the name of Jesus, let her dream come true. She, last night she had a dream. I'm just going to go ahead and lay it out there, and we'll see who's spiritual. The, she, the dream was, Chester, you called me very excited because there was a contract on the old building. Okay, that hasn't, that, that's going to happen in the name of Jesus, amen? And so my point is, spiritual people have spiritual activity. It is, it should be the abnormal for the Christian to not have spiritual activity, but we have gotten so far off base, you can be a, a quote-unquote Christian and not be spiritual whatsoever, and you can be as moral as, as uh, uh, Andy Griffith. For y'all kids who don't know who that is, I think he was on a TV show once. Pretty sure it was in black and white. And there was something about a town about berries, Mayberry, right? Andy Griffith, you can be as moral as any person on the face of the planet and you think you're spiritual because you define spiritual as moral. But morality is not spirituality. There's one definition of spirituality. A spiritual person is a person who is in the spirit. Here's my question. Look at me all across this room. Here's my question for you. How often, how much of your life is in the spirit? Are you, are you a carnal person having these spiritual interruptions? Or are you a spiritual person from time to time needing to deal with some carnality? When's the last time you had a spiritual dream? When's the last time you had a spiritual desire when's the last time you looked at somebody and just something longed to impart something just love on them 
lay my hand, pray for them. I mean, it is mind-boggling how much little spiritual activity is being uh, fruited out of the body of Christ, who is the only, only object on the planet that has the ability to demonstrate the spiritual things of God. And so we've defined spiritual activity as attendance and records of giving and all that kind of stuff. And all those things can be spiritual. But I'm telling you, your daily mundane life can be in the Holy Ghost. And if you've been shrinking back, if you've been talking about people who are too spiritual and this is, no, 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 listen, listen, press in to the Lord. Press into the spirit and return. Do not raise your hand. Don't answer this question out loud. If you were at one point more spiritual than you are right now, the answer to that is to return to the life of the spirit. Now, if you say, well, I was insincere, Okay, well, don't do that. Don't be insincere. But if you were, by in general, a more spiritual-minded living person and you've shrank back, I'm asking you today, the Holy Spirit is asking you today to live and fulfill the desires of the Spirit as a way of life. Amen? Stand up on your feet. The Spirit willed that we would get out 19 minutes early so you could get to the buffet earlier. Some of y'all said, hey, man. How many of y'all felt that spirit? Mm-hmm. You do not know what spirit you're of. Real simply, close your eyes. Man, preacher, you have this one close our eyes a lot. Look at me real fast. <laughs> there's two things I love about the armory. There's, there's, there's something I love about the armory is I love being close together, okay? How many of y'all love that? I love being close together. I love the camaraderie. I love the, the, the connection we feel. I love when we sing and I can hear a crowd declaring, all his promises are yes. And I mean, I just, when that, I just, yeah, right? Yeah, y'all interpret that? I mean, I love that. But there is kind of a flip side of the coin. The flip side of the coin is, is it's a little bit easier to be distracted here. Like, some of y'all know how many times somebody went to the bathroom today, right? Because it's right there. And you're the point is, is you've got to deal with distraction. So one of the ways we deal with distraction is let's close our eyes, okay? So let's close our eyes. Don't move around. And I want you to ask the Lord if he's asking you to return to being more spiritual. Is the spirit is the Holy Spirit leading you to return, to repent and return to a lifestyle of walking in the Spirit? So today is a moment of consecration. God, from this point forward, I choose to submit myself to the will of the Spirit. Not as I will, not as my flesh wills, but I choose to submit myself to the life of the Spirit. I'll say what you say. I'll do what you do. I'll go where you go. I'll be what you want me to be. 
in the name of Jesus. If that's you, I want you to make a, I want you to pray and just make a moment of consecration to becoming a person of the Spirit again. God, I repent. God, I, I, and I genuinely, I bring, I bring a word, I bring a, um, a sorrow that I have backed, if, if I've backed off of being a spiritual man, that I have, God, I do not want to be a carnal man. This is my prayer. My prayer for me and for all of you that you would, uh, like a pot on the stove, full of the living water of God, that you would begin to boil again for the things of the Holy Ghost. That God would turn up the heat. That God would turn up the heat and the flame of your life. That the Holy Spirit, that our God is a spirit, our God is a consuming fire. That the Holy Spirit, the fire of God would be turned up inside of your life. That you begin to boil again with desire for spiritual things. I pray it for me. I pray it for these, these people that are my family this morning. In Jesus' name, if you're in agreement with that prayer, say amen right now. Hey, I love you. I will see you Wednesday night. Remember the blood drive. I'll see you next Sunday. Go be spiritual. Everybody say amen.